Hello, and welcome to the Dairy Defined podcast. From the health of the soil to the future of climate, Robert Bonney has a wide portfolio at the U.S. Department of Agriculture. He's the current Undersecretary of Agriculture for Farm Production and Conservation at USDA, and he's no stranger to the department, having served as Undersecretary of Agriculture for Natural Resources and Environments under President Obama. In his current role, he oversees farmer safety net programs like the Dairy Margin Coverage Program, which features important improvements and a sign-up deadline of later this month. He's also a leader in developing and promoting climate-smart agriculture, an approach that promises new revenue streams and enhanced stewardship as farmers continue their role as environmental guardians. Thank you for joining us, Undersecretary Bonnie. Thanks for having me, Alice. Good to be with you. So let's start with the DMC. The deadline is March 25th, and that's an extension. And this year, farmers aren't just choosing enrollment, they also, in many cases, may receive supplemental payments that account for production increases to the 2014 benchmark under the Farm Bill. We think at NMPF that DMC is important because the future is hard to predict. But what would you tell producers, especially ones who might have enrolled in past years but are still considering what they should do in 2022? Well, I think you said it well, the future is hard to predict. And I think this, you know, we think DMC is a, a really useful a risk management uh, tool for our dairy producers. I think in 2021, we, we uh, paid out about $1.2 billion and, you know, s- sizable support for, for folks in dairy. And so far this year, you, you mentioned the, um, the deadline on March 25th. That's right. And so far, I think we've got about 75% of the folks that enrolled um, uh, last year are back. Um, we obviously hope uh, hope everyone um, comes back. And, and you noted as well the opportunity for supplemental um, coverage here and the fact that, you know, folks that um, small and medium-sized dairies that have increased their um, increased their production, there, there's uh, an option there which I think is um, uh, can be really helpful as well. The other thing I'd say is we've, you know, we've changed the formula around um, the feed cost side of the margin and are taking into account um, premium alfalfa is part of that, and that, that should help producers as well. So, you know, we, we obviously encourage producers to sign up. Now, one thing that makes DMC unique is that it ensures margins. That's different from a typical price support program. And what's significant about that approach in our current environment? Across most of agriculture right now, people look at the prices and they think they're good, but there's a lot of concern, as you all know, on the input side. And will ins- inputs eat up uh, folks' margin? And the nice thing about DMC is it's one program that actually takes that into account, specifically with, with um, respect to, um, to feed costs and you know, their drought and other things that are going to drive up, uh, potential to drive up feed costs. And so, you know, again, we think, um, we think the, the margin part of the uh, program, as you point out, is, is really important. It's unique in, in USDA. Switching over to climate. Uh, You've played a major role in developing the department's recently announced Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities Initiative, which has generated a lot of interest in dairy, because there's opportunity here. What's USDA hoping to learn, and what should farmers be thinking about? You're exactly right. You know, we are thinking about pilots here. We're, um, at the same time, we're hoping to get some, some projects that can demonstrate we can get adoption of climate smart agriculture and forestry at scale. So, you know, some of these pilots we hope will be will be large. And, you know, we're really trying to finance two things here. One is the 
is the deployment of climate smart practices across both agriculture and forestry, and then the measuring, measurement, monitoring, verification on the other side. You know, as folks think about whether they want to undertake these practices, there are risks associated with that. We're asking them to take on some potentially new practices and, and uh, take on some costs. And so the idea here is to have groups of producers come forward and with, with projects, allow them to develop the projects, but it's all about climate smart commodities if you want to uh, produce climate smart milk, climate smart soybean, whatever it is, carbon, whatever it is, we're, we're willing to, um, to, to de-risk that. And you're exactly right about the ability to learn here. Um, you know, the, the idea here is to, is to try some things to allow it for innovation, for US to be, USDA to be more outcome oriented and less prescriptive and let producers go out and be creative and think about how they deploy these resources in a way that will, will benefit the climate. We're pushing up against the 23 Farm Bill, but I actually think the types of projects we get in, the response from, from uh, producers and landowners and others will be really in, instructive as we look at the 23 Farm Bill and figure out, okay, what's the, what's the toolbox look like that our producers need in order to, um, to respond to, to climate change, both on the mitigation side, how do we reduce emissions, but then on the, on the resilience side as well, how do we make sure our, our farmers and ranchers and forest owners have the tools they need to, to address extreme weather or other events? Drill down a little further into dairy. Well, I mean, it's important to note that dairy has been forward-leaning on climate for a long time and has been one of the leading um, groups. And, you know, when I was in the Obama administration in 09 and 10, dairy was already taking a bunch of action around climate, everything from you know, dairy digesters to improving on-farm energy use to looking at ways that, that um, they can reduce enteric emissions through, uh, through feed choices and there's, there's new technology there as well to, um, you know, to, to manure management, cropland management, all that stuff. And so dairy's been at this a long time. We are, as part of this, um, hoping to spur more of that, more commitment more opportunity to pick up the cost to allow producers to deploy more of those practices. Um, and, and you know, it's pretty simple. We're interested in practices that are going to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions and then the measurement and monitoring that goes along with that. There's a real opportunity for dairy here both to think about maybe the carbon and greenhouse gas side, but also the, the, the new market side, the markets associated with, you know, folks that are interested in greening their supply chain or whatever it is. And so we want producers to be innovative here. We want, you know, our, our hope is, is that partnerships will come together with commodity groups, conservation groups, conservation districts, maybe universities that can help on the, on the measurement and science side. So we're hoping to fo foster some of those um, partnerships and our initial indications from interest in the program is, is that that's, that's the way people are thinking or thinking about um, potentially some unique partnerships here. You're talking about dairy being a leader in sustainability and climate, and you're kind of preaching to the converted. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you get outside of, of dairy and you definitely get outside of agriculture um, and you will hear criticism uh, about farmers not being part of the solution, dragging their feet on climate change. What's been your experience with agriculture on climate and what is an appropriate approach for the role of the government versus the private sector versus the regulators to make all this work? The thing I say about where agriculture is right now, and I think the same is true on the forestry side, you know, in 09 and 10, 
climate uh, policy was new. People were concerned about it. They didn't know what this cap and trade thing was. It was you know, and, and agriculture was legitimately concerned about what climate policy might look like. Agriculture is at the table, leaning in and helping design climate policy right now. We're doing a lot of listening here because, we, you know, the input of, of agriculture and forestry is, um, is critically important. And dairy, even when it was, you know, challenging in the, in the um, environment to stay engaged on climate, dairy stayed engaged and continued to look for ways to, you know, advance opportunities for, for producers. And so I think that, you know, is notable and, and really, really important. You know, one of the challenges we faced on climate for a while is that people don't look at climate as a land issue. They look at it purely as an energy issue. And there's an enormous opportunity for farmers, ranchers, and forest landowners to help there. And we've got to do more to promote that and to drive a narrative that recognizes all the good things that agriculture has been doing for a long time. It hasn't always been called climate smart, but it was. Conservation tillage or manure management or a lot of things have already um, uh, contributed to, uh, to reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. One of the things USDA is really interested in is making sure we have better data to make that case to drive a narrative that demonstrates that, that uh, agriculture can be part of the solution, that it already is, that it's already done things, and that there's more to do, and that agriculture is engaged. And I think driving that narrative to the broader public is really, really important. Part of it is data. Part of it is going out and, and demonstrating and showing this stuff. We think the partnerships program can be important there, but there are other areas that we're, where I think we can demonstrate that commitment as well. Dairy has a net zero emissions goal for 2050. Where do you see U.S. agriculture in 2050 in terms of the two areas you oversee at USDA, farm production and conservation? Well, it's important to recognize that actually both production and conservation are actually really important to the climate change question. We've got to continue to produce food and fiber for a growing population. And if we can produce that more efficiently from a greenhouse gas standpoint, that's really good. And so it's important sometimes this, the production part of the climate thing gets lost, but you know, maintaining um, production and increasing the efficiency of that related to the greenhouse gas emissions is really, really important. And I think as we look to 2050, there are, there are parallel paths. We need to continue to provide the food and fiber that, that society needs even while we reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And the great thing about agriculture is that we can go negative. We can take methane, we can turn it into energy and displace fossil fuels. We can take carbon out of the atmosphere and put it into soils through carbon sequestration. We can reduce emissions associated with fertilizer use or, or um, use of, uh, of energy in other ways. And so um, that, I think, is really, really important. And it, it is unique. And there's similar things on the forestry side about the way to use forests to store carbon out of the atmosphere. And so if we're smart and we design the policy in a way which is based on incentives and voluntary approaches and, and approaches that take advantage of markets, agriculture, I think, will stay at the table and, and will make an a enormous contribution to addressing climate change. Anything you need to add? You know, there, there is, in, in some parts of, of the public, the environmental community and others, there is, there is interest in pushing a regulatory approach towards agriculture. 
I don't think it will work. I think even if you could do it, I don't think it would work because I think there's too much diversity in agriculture, too difficult to draw up the, um, the regulations, and we'll get significant resistance from, uh, from agriculture and forestry. I think a far better approach is one based on voluntary incentives that, that creates opportunities for folks to come to the table, that understands the diversity of agriculture, and if we look at what works in conservation across the country, it's these locally led efforts that are based on incentives and partnerships that work. That's the approach that's going to work here um, for climate change and, I think, ultimately for agriculture and forestry. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And don't forget to sign up for Dairy Margin Coverage. There's more information on our homepage at npf.org. And for more of the Dairy Defined podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music under the podcast name Dairy Defined. Thank you for joining us. 